Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Welcome to Jesus the Healer. We're so glad you're with us today. The last several episodes, we have been doing what we're calling healing school. We're taking healing passages from Jesus's earthly ministry, and we're just studying them line by line, scripture by scripture. And last week, we started studying about Jairus and the miracle that happened with his daughter. We encourage you, go back and watch that episode if you can. If you missed it, catch up with us and uh, you'll get more out of it. But we're here in an intimate setting because we want to we want to share this time with you. And so I want you to turn with us, if you would, and we're going to again read Mark chapter 5. We're going to read verses 22 through 24, and then again, start in verses 35. We want to reread this story about Jairus, and then we'll continue from there. Mark chapter 5, verse 22, and this is the Amplified Translation. It says, Then one of the rulers of the synagogue came up, Jairus by name, and seeing Jesus, he prostrated himself at his feet, and he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. And Jesus went with him, and a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides so as to almost suffocate him. Now verse 35 says, while Jesus was still speaking, or while Jairus was still speaking, there came someone uh, from the ruler's house who said to Jairus, your daughter has died. Why bother and, dis- and distress the teacher any further? Overhearing, but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, only keep on believing. And he permitted no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And when they arrived at the house of the leader of the synagogue, he looked carefully and with understanding at the tumult and the people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had gone in, he said to them, why do you make an uproar and weep? The little girl is not dead, but is sleeping. And they laughed and they jeered at him, but he put them all out and taking the child's father and mother and those who were with him, he went in where the little girl was lying. Gripping her firmly by the hand, he said to her, Talithi kumai, which translated as little girl, I say to you, arise from the sleep of death. And instantly the girl got up and started walking around for she was 12 years old and they were utterly astonished and overcome with amazement. And he strictly commanded and warned them that no one should know this. And he expressly told them to give her something to eat. So we were saying in the previous episode that Jairus, uh, he being a ruler of the synagogue, so many of the religious leaders, they opposed Jesus. They opposed his healing ministry. They didn't believe him. They persecuted him. But Jairus, when he heard Jesus, um, he believed it. And so for him to come and He comes up to Jesus and he falls down at his feet and he prostrates himself. He worships Jesus. Uh, So we see Jairus not putting his position and his prominence in society above his need. 
He needs a miracle for his family. He needs a miracle for his daughter. And he's willing to lay down, if we could say this, his career to get what he needs from God. Nothing is as important as you were hearing from God, receiving from God. So he humbles himself. Now, this could have cost him uh, his position in that synagogue, because as I said, uh, so many of those who were opposing Jesus were the religious leaders of that day. And so he came up to Jesus and he stated his need. You know, it's not doubt and unbelief to state what your need is. What the doubt and unbelief is, is when you focus on that. (laughs) And so he states, my little daughter is lying at the point of death. But then he comes up after that and he states this also. You come, lay your hand upon her. She'll be healed and she'll live. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to state what you need as long as you state what you believe. He knew that his daughter was at the point of death, but he didn't believe it had to end that way. So he was saying what he believed. In the in route to Jairus's house, another miracle happens. A woman with an issue of blood comes up. She touches the hem of Jesus's garment and uh, Jesus stops for healing testimony right there. Let's have a healing service. And so uh, Jairus is standing there waiting for the procession to continue while this woman who is healed with the issue of blood stands up and testifies about how she was healed. Now, Jairus could have gotten antsy, could have gotten, uh, you know, distracted. He's wanting to get to his house, no doubt. But what a favor to his faith. What a good thing for his faith that in route, he gets to see and hear the testimony of a woman who's healed after 12 years of suffering. That would have served to encourage his faith. But while they're sitting in there, while they're standing there listening to this healing testimony of the woman with the issue of blood, a report comes and there's a messenger sent from Jairus's house and says, don't bother the master any longer, said your daughter has died. So now Jairus hears the worst thing a father could hear, says your daughter has died. But I love what the Amplified says at this point in verse 36. It says regarding Jesus, overhearing but ignoring what they said. Yes. This is, this is yeah. Jesus' approach yeah. to a report that's against life. Right. Uh, he, he heard what they said, but he did not let it in. He did not let it factor into anything he was going to do. And so he just ignored it. As your faith grows, there can come a place in your faith life where you hear what other people hear, but you are completely so unoccupied. You're ignoring it. You're completely unmoved. And that is an appropriate answer to fear. That's an appropriate answer to doubt is you just basically turn your back to it and act like it didn't say anything because you're not troubled by it. So now Jesus is completely untroubled by this report of death. But it's not just what Jesus believes. It's not just what Jesus is going to do. What is Jairus going to do at this point? He has a choice to make. Is he going to yield to what every natural man would yield to? That's the fear, the panic, the heartbreak of this setting. But Jesus uh, told Jairus what to do at a time like that. Listen, if you'll feed on the word, you'll know what to do at a time when you get a bad report, Amen. 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 when fear speaks, if you'll do what the word says, then you know what to do in the face yes. of fear. That's right. 
So in the face of this bad report, in the face of this circumstance of death, Jesus turns to Jairus and says this, do not be seized with alarm. Do not be struck with fear. Why? Because he knows the strategy of the enemy. That if the devil can get us into fear. Now, just because you feel fear doesn't mean you're in fear. You can feel the feeling of fear, but you don't let it in your thinking. You don't let it in your calculations and you don't let it stop you from believing. So Jesus is telling Jairus, Jairus, basically protect your faith, protect your faith. When you hear the wrong report, protect your faith. So he tells him, don't let, don't let fear in. Don't be struck with alarm. And then he says, I love this phrase, only keep on believing. Because believing is not a one-time action. It's something we keep on doing. Day after day, we believe. Day after day, we release our faith. So what was he, when he said only keep on believing, what was he to believe? Well, what did he say earlier? He said to Jesus, he said, you come to my house, lay your hand on my daughter, she'll be healed and she will live. He's saying, keep on believing what you said before she died. Now that she's dead, keep on believing the same thing you believed before she died. Amen. You know, people believe, uh, there are many believers, they believe uh, that Jesus has made them healed until they get sick. <laughs> then when symptoms show up, they start changing what they believe. Don't change what you believe just because circumstances changed. You believed God was your provider before the bill showed up. After the bill showed up, keep believing that he's your provider. You believed he was your healer before pain came. Keep believing what you believed before the pain came, that he's your healer. And this is what he tells Jairus. Keep on believing what you believed previously. Because Jesus heard the same report, he ignored, he ignored it. But what really mattered is what is what does Jairus say about this? Because it, the one, the the girl, yes, uh, Jesus is going to be there, the one ministering to the girl. But it's Jairus's faith that's going to give him permission to be in his house. Amen. So if Jairus change what he, changes what he believes, Jesus won't have the permission to go in and do what he can That's do right. for the girl. That's right. He's got to keep Jairus in the flow of faith so he can keep going to his house. What if Jairus would have agreed with the messenger? Remember what the messenger said? Don't bother the master anymore. Jairus could have said, you're right, and just dismissed Jesus from going with him to his house. Don't ever dismiss the power of God out of your house. <laughs> it's not what the messenger's words say that matter. It's what Jairus says that matters. Amen. When you hear a negative report, it, it doesn't matter what they say. It matters what you say. When you hear the doctor give you an, a negative report, it doesn't matter what they say. It matters what you say. Amen. It's not enough to believe the right thing. You have to also say the right thing. Amen. Amen. Why? Because Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, you shall have whatsoever you saith. The more you say it, the more you have it. The less you say it, the less you have it. So uh, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear will destroy faith. Fear is an enemy to faith. 
when fear is yielded to, faith is destroyed. So how Jairus responds determines what Jesus can do for him. How you respond to the circumstances in your life is going to determine what God can do for you. Amen. 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 Jairus' miracle is not based on Jesus' faith. Jairus' miracle is based on Jairus' faith. Your miracle is not based on God's faith. Your miracle is based on your faith. And you're in control. Yes. Of whether you're going to believe or not believe. Right. Believing is not a feeling, it's a choice. Yes. Right. I said believing is not a feeling, Amen. it's a choice. Right. Verse 37 says, And Jesus permitted no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. So notice this, Jesus is life, <laughs> right? Yes. He would minister life to this situation. But it mattered who was going there. They're, they're walking to Jairus' house. He's got a crowd that is following. This crowd has seen the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. The crowd is continuing on with them toward Jairus' house. The crowd doesn't care where Jesus is going. They're just staying with him. Right? But Jesus knows he has an assignment here. And he knows the crowd can't go. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because not everyone in the crowd is in faith. Uh, so he chooses who can go with him. When you're facing life and death situations, you better choose who's in your circle right there. Who's in that setting. You can't just let everyone that loves you in. You're going to have to let everyone that can believe with you in. Because it's not love, someone loving you, a loved one that loves you deeply. That's not going to be your assist at a time of need. It's going to be faith. And so people love you, but if they don't have faith, they're not going to bring the help that you're going to need at a time like this. Jesus was going to Jairus' house and he didn't want people in the crowd with him saying, well, I heard she died. That, the messenger came up and said she died. What's he going to her house for? You don't need that kind of talk on the journey to your miracle. On the journey to your miracle, you have to have faith talk. It matters what kind of talk is traveling with you on your journey of faith. And so he selects who can go and who can't. He doesn't even let all of his disciples go. He's got 12 disciples and he doesn't even let all of them go. Why? You have to wonder, are they all capable of believing in this setting? So he takes Peter, James, and John. There's these three people, these three of his disciples that he's training in an intimate way. He doesn't have favorites. He's training them based on what they will do after he's gone. These are going to be the men who are going to be leaders in this church that is being born, you see. So he is training Peter, James, and John specifically, so he takes them. You know, part of the best training you can ever have as a Christian and as a minister is to get to be on location with those who are on the front, at the, at the forefront. Get around people who are skillful. Get around those who know. Get get training that you can observe that 
Uh, yes, there's nothing like that hands-on training, so That's to right. speak. Amen. That's right. Thank God for classroom settings, but thank God when you get the opportunity to be present with someone with a situation. That's why when there's a service at your church, especially a healing service, all service, get there because you are being invited to have a front row seat into how these, how spiritual things operate. So Peter, James, and John are given this opportunity Uh, to be there as a support, a help, no doubt, but really they're getting training for their future. Training for their future. And uh, it matters that you know who's who's got the faith to move further with you. As a minister, pastors that may be watching, ministers that may be watching, uh, when you're advancing, you have to know who can advance with you. Because not everyone will, because not everyone will choose faith. It's not that, as I said, that Jesus was showing favoritism. He just knew these men, there was something more he needed to put in them. So why did he dismiss the crowd from around him? Because there would be many different systems of believing going on. And if there's any unbelief in that crowd, it would hinder him. Well, if unbelief would hinder him, then unbelief will hinder him now. Yes. Amen. When you're believing God for a miracle, it matters what voices you let speak into your life and what you're letting surround you. Years ago, there was somebody that was healed in our service. My husband had ministered to this man. And he was on a feeding tube, he was beyond all medical help. They said he, uh, you know, he had several terminal diseases, not just one, several. And so he was brought in a wheelchair. He was unable to walk. He was unable to feed himself. My husband laid hands on him. And when we got the report that that man went home that night, he ate without that feeding tube. He was up, he was walking around. And that power raised him up. But Ed gave this man one instruction. He said, we are having a service. This was possibly on a, I don't remember if it was in our healing service on a Friday night, because we, of course, would have our Sunday morning services. But my husband said to him, you come next Friday night and you come testify. Well, he was up when he got home after my husband ministered to him. He was up. He was walking around on his own, which he had not been able to do. He was eating food on his own, which he had not been able to do. And he was getting ready. He was talking about going Friday night. When I go Friday night, well, there were other family members there in the house. Of course, they loved him. But they said, you can't go out because it's cold outside And the doctor said, you need to stay in a place where you're warm because you could catch a cold. Well, when you've been diagnosed with several terminal diseases, a cold just really is not much of a threat. But what did they do? They appealed to the natural side. And uh, the man did not show up Friday night because those that loved him. Didn't have faith for him. And they talked him out of 
doing what he was instructed by the Spirit of God because my husband was moved upon by the Spirit of God to say that. And he disobeyed that. And when he did, he agreed with their doubt. He agreed with their fear. And it was just shortly he died after that. He didn't have to. But when you are fighting life and death situations, you, you can't just surround yourself with people who love you. You have to surround yourself with people who believe with you. And sometimes you may have to put someone out for a time in the sense, don't let them so near to you. Don't listen to their words because when you are fighting the good fight of faith, if people are, or people are speaking other words other than faith, it can compromise you. You need people that are supporting your faith. And this is what Jesus did. He was protecting Jairus' miracle by not letting everyone in the crowd go. What if there would have been doubt and unbelief spoken in that crowd and they try to follow him? Then Jairus' daughter gets robbed of a miracle by someone who's not even responsible for this. You know, when you go to church, you need to bring your faith. Because someone there is going to need a miracle. Someone there doesn't need uh, words of doubt and unbelief and conflict going on. We need to go. It matters that we protect that there's an atmosphere of faith in our churches. That we're speaking faith. Because somebody there needs God to move for them. And Jesus was protecting Jairus' miracle from any unbelief in the crowd. By forbidding them to go. Now, would people have said, well, see, he's got favorites. He's picking Peter, James, and John. Well, let people say what they're going to say. This is life and death situation. This isn't about, about, you know, whether you got noticed or not. And if it upsets family members, well, you know, if it's your miracle that you need. That's right. Don't exchange your miracle so somebody else won't be displeased with you. It matters that we please God. And it's faith that pleases God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So verse 38, it says, when they arrived at the house of the ruler of the synagogue, Jesus looked carefully and with understanding at the tumult and the people weeping and wailing loudly. So we could say he walked into an atmosphere that was not faith, right? right? Would I don't know if those in the household knew that that Jairus had gone to get Jesus. I don't know that. I don't know if the mother of the girl knew Jairus's wife. Did she know? I don't know. But when he comes into Jairus's house, there's not a faith atmosphere. There is a there is an atmosphere of death going on. Verse 39, and when Jesus had gone in, he said to them, why do you make an uproar and weep? This little girl is not dead, but is sleeping. He's, cha- he's speaking words that are going to change that atmosphere. It's going to take bold words. And he's saying, basically, this is to God, this is nothing but a sleep. Verse 40, and they laughed and jeered at him. My, how quick they can change emotions. <laughs> they're weeping and wailing first. Now they're laughing and mocking the man of God. How quickly, how quickly 
uh, people will shift. So when you're believing for a miracle, do you want people that are mocking the man of God (laughs) to be around? No, no, no. So verse 40, they laughed and jeered at him. Notice this, but Jesus put them all out. If you're not going to believe, you don't get to see. Those who believe get to see things that those who will not believe are not going to get to see. And if you're not going to believe, you're going to get put out. (laughs) Not because Jesus wasn't mad at him. He's protecting Jairus' miracle. He's protecting this girl's future. And so he puts them out. But notice this. He takes the child's father, who is Jairus, Mm -hmm. and the mother, and those who were with him, Peter, James, and John. So there's this small crowd that's there. And he went in where the little girl was lying. Now, why did he take the father and the mother? Because they're the ones with the authority over the girl. Jesus could not even raise this girl up without the permission of the parents. God cannot do anything in your life that he wants to. He has to have your permission. Jesus could not do anything he wanted to for this girl. He had to get the parents' permission. That's why he took the parents with with him into the room. Why? Because this is a 12-year-old girl, the scripture tells us. She is under her parents' authority. If the parents believe, she gets her miracle. If the parents doubt, she dies. Our families that we're in authority over, Things will happen in them that in their lives that we permit. As as the parent, we're permitting things or we're forbidding things to happen in our family. Amen. So Jesus needed the the permission of the parents, so takes them in there. And so it says in verse 41, he gripping her by the hand said, Talithi Kumai, which translated is little girl, I say to you, arise from the sleep of death. Notice he doesn't rebuke a devil. Notice he doesn't rebuke the spirit of death. There is a spirit of death. There are devils, no doubt, involved. But he speaks life. Other times he rebuked the devil. But on this situation, he didn't. And it says, and instantly the little girl got up and started walking around, for she was 12 years old. And they were utterly astonished and overcome with amazement. So not only was she raised up, she was also healed of what she died of. If she hadn't have been healed, she'd have died again. Amen. All because Jairus went to Jesus' feet, worshiped at his feet, said, come to my house, put your hand on my daughter. He said, she shall be healed and she shall live. Meaning this, he knew she was going to die. But he said even before death came, what the final outcome would be. Faith talks about the final outcome. Faith doesn't talk about the circumstances along the way. Faith talks about the final outcome. And this is what we see Jairus did. And it says, uh, Jesus told him, don't tell anyone, but give her something to eat. Well, we know she's healed because uh, she's eating. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus, Jairus got his miracle because he kept on believing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.